Hello everyone and welcome to episode 63 of the Rude Horror Podcast. I got a lot of news topics to cover and uh, the long-awaited Zombie 3 episode is here. I'm here to talk about Zombie 3 and uh, I got a lot of ground to cover on this one because uh, there's just, there's a lot of... Uh, content in this movie and uh the people that have worked on this film i'm going to talk a little bit about them and uh i just want to say uh thanks again to stefano mayanetti for uh providing zombie 3 music to the show um if you guys did not listen to my episode with stefano i highly encourage you guys to go back and check that episode out he has a lot of info on uh, the music that he's worked on, and uh, I learned a few things along the way. Uh, very informational stuff, uh, so I encourage you guys to go back to that episode if you haven't. Um, before I get into uh, the Zombie 3 discussion, uh, I have some news topics. Um, first off, I just want to say. Uh, Thank you to the Prescribed Film Podcast Network. Uh, they have invited me to their podcast network family, so I am now a part of the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And you can find out more info on the Prescribed Films Podcast Network at the pfpn.com. And you can find me on there as well as several other podcasts on there um i I encourage you guys to subscribe to the rss feed um or you know add that feed into wherever you listen to podcasts and then you'll automatically get my episodes and uh everyone else's episodes that are in the network automatically to uh to your podcast feed so Unless you're already subscribed to my podcast uh, feed, which I hope you are. Um, If not, um, uh, subscribe to to that feed and then you'll automatically get my episode and many others. So, uh, yes, I just want to say a big thank you to them guys for uh, inviting me into the family. And I look forward to uh, future collaborations and... uh, you know, I just want to welcome uh, anyone who listens to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Uh, welcome to the Rude Horror Podcast. Uh, I talk to a lot of uh, um, celebrities, directors, special effects artists, uh, composers. I mean, you name it. Anybody that's uh, affiliated with the horror genre or has worked in the horror genre, I, uh, I get them on my show. Then I also do uh, play-by-plays of films, or you know, in-depth analysis on uh, certain films. Um, also do like movie reviews every once in a while. I mean, I, I kind of just cover a lot of uh, horror discussion. So, uh, welcome to the Root Horror Podcast for the new listeners, and uh, I hope you continue to to listen to what I throw at you. And uh, yeah and uh i want to give a shout out to tony masiello for winning the silver bolo award on joe bob's the last drive-in on shutter uh that's 
that's huge and uh, you know, it's, it's well deserved uh, he does a lot behind the scenes for uh, shot on video obscure rare titles um, I, I, and I was lucky to have him on my show a while back so if you missed that episode uh, go back and listen to the episode with Tony Masiello as we talk about shot on video or SOV horror and uh Go to sovhorror.com and learn more about uh, Shot on Video and uh, check out his merch. He's got quite a bit of films on uh, his catalog for sale through SOV Horror. So I, I highly encourage checking that out. He's got some great titles. So, uh, yeah, man. Again, congrats. That's awesome. And uh, with Pop Up Horror Market being a success uh may 22nd which it's already passed but uh i just want to say congrats to uh jeff and uh the rest of the crew for the midwest monster fest pop-up horror market it was an absolute blast the family and i uh really enjoyed everything that was there uh, i just thought it was a really cool event and i loved how it was almost like a fair like it felt like a fair it was an outdoor uh event and uh it's just really cool, and uh, I hope I hope uh, Jeff does more of those because those are a lot of fun. And uh, gearing up for uh, Midwest Monster Fest in September, y'all should uh, get your tickets ahead of time because that's going to be a event not to miss. For more ticket info, go to MidwestMonsterFest.com or on their social media at MidwestMonsterFest for more info there's gonna be tons of guests vendors a little bit for everybody so uh make sure to check that out and one one more thing before we uh dive right into a zombie three stick around towards the end because uh the brood horror radio is going to have a special segment at the very end that uh we will be playing a song by mutilated by zombies so if you dig metal and zombies stick around for that this i just thought it'd be a, a great opportunity to uh have mutilated by zombies play a song to coincide with zombie 3 because you know this mixes so well together uh, i'm still waiting on getting more uh musician submissions uh as far as getting another root horror radio episode uh Put together so if you're a musician or in a band and you like your song featured on an episode uh send me a message or email me at rudehorror at gmail.com and uh yeah i'll try to get you on the show so without further ado let's get right into zombie 3 aka zombie flesh eaters 2 So Zombie 3 was released July 29th, 1988 in Italy. This film was uh, a collaboration directed by Lucio Fulci, Bruno Mattei, and Claudio Fragasso. Uh, Fulci directed about two-thirds of Zombie 3 in the Philippines, 
before having to return abruptly to Italy due to a second bout of hepatitis, and the film was finished by an uncredited Bruno Mattei, and uh, furthermore, uncredited Claudio Fergasso. Um, Fulci hated the finished product and tried to unsuccessfully get his name removed from the credits. Mattei had said in interviews that the film was Fulci's and that he just added a few extra scenes to pad out the running time, but still managed to film most of the film. Since the movie was never fully made under Fulci's supervision and would not sell to investors at a little under full-length worthy, director Bruno Mattei stepped in to finish filming the movie. His scenes are mostly the army military scenes in the movie, and uh, writer Claudio Fergasso actually did some filming as well, but he does not want to take credit because his name was not actually on the contract and credits that this is Fulci's film, whether Fulci wants to consider it his own or not. I want to mention a little bit about the cast and crew because, uh, you know, as, as you will, will hear me talk, a lot of these people kind of have worked together on a lot of these Italian horror, Italian exploitation films. It's kind of like this closed, uh, not really closed, but, you know, seems like a closed... Uh, circle of friends and uh you know they just they work together a lot and you know you'll see their names pop up a lot when i talk about italian horror movies or as i've talked to in the past um so yeah uh the editor actually there's two editors uh bruno Mattei, which did some directing on this film uh he had uh did some editing um, and then also Alberto Moriani. Uh, and first off, I just want to say if if I uh, mispronounce some of these Italian names, my apologies ahead of time. I I do not speak fluent Italian, so if I get these names wrong, my apologies. Um, Alberto Moriani also edited The Last Hunter which is uh, an underrated uh, Vietnam exploitation, I should say Italian Vietnam exploitation film. I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, it was not directed by Fulci, but I, I thought there was a little bit of a Fulci magic in the film to where like, it was almost like if Fulci directed a Vietnam movie, that's what it would be like. Like It's, it's superb. It was actually directed by... Uh, the guy who did uh, Cannibal Apocalypse with uh, John Saxon. Uh, but great movie. I, I highly recommend that. I picked up the uh, um, Blu-ray from, I think it was Code Red that put it out, but uh, Kino Lorber had a sale and I picked it up from them. Highly recommend it. It was a blind buy, but reading into it, I, I was like, I had to pick this up and I was not disappointed. But back to Alberto, he also uh, edited uh, Zombie Holocaust, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, and several other Italian exploitation films. And since Bruno did do some of the editing, I, I should mention some of the films that he's directed because uh, he's done uh, quite a bit of Italian 
movies that uh you know should be should be checked out uh he's also directed uh night of the zombies rats night of terror shocking dark cruel jaws night killer robo war the other hell strike commando strike commando 2 uh tons of movies he's he's done about 49 italian films mostly within the horror and and uh exploitation side of things but he's definitely uh an important italian horror director so uh check out some of his other movies and also i'll get into it uh a little later that some of these movies he co-directed with uh claudio fergasso who uh is one of the writers for zombie 3 and also his wife rosella drudy did some writing on this film and as well as several other claudio directed movies um but back to claudio he directed uh troll 2 night of the zombies like co-directed with uh bruno Mattei. uh monster dog was one that he directed himself uh, but you know co-directed movies with bruno such as uh Robot War or Robo War, uh, Rats, Night Killer, and uh, and I think a couple more. Uh, but uh, coming back to uh, composer Stefano Mayanetti, uh, he did the composing for this, and uh, you know he did several other uh soundtracks for like tale of the mummy stage fright uh silent trigger interzone uh and just you know several other ones uh you know like i said go back to the stefano mayanetti uh episode and you know we we cover a lot of the stuff that he's done so uh very awesome guy very uh very easy to talk to and uh just all around great guy. I I would really like to get him on my podcast again to do like a bonus episode of some sort and talk about uh, some of the action exploitation films that he's done composing for, because uh, you know some of those are starting to uh, get redone. Like uh, Severn Films is putting out Strike Commando, Strike Commando Two, and uh, I'd really like to hear his thoughts on uh, on working on Strike Commando Two. And, and a few of those other action films that, that he got to work on. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Fingers crossed. I hope it happens. We'll, we'll see. Moving on to the makeup. Franco Di Girolamo uh, did makeup for Don't Torture a Duckling, The New York Ripper, City of the Walking Dead, Lucio Fulci's The Black Cat, Zombie 4, Robo War, Strike Commando 2, and several other ones. So he has done uh, some done some great stuff on uh, important Italian horror exploitation cinema. He uh, does great work. I mean, he, he must be uh, someone special if uh, Lucio has him back on several of his movies. And, you know, 
like some of them scenes in New York River are just uh, disgusting and uh, violent and, you know, head turner kind of shit. So the dude definitely uh, knows what he's doing. And, and even in Zombie 3, some of the makeup is is amazing and, and fun in a fun, cheesy kind of way. Uh, moving on to the cast. Darren Serafian who plays Kenny in this, uh, has acted in several films and uh, is also a director. Uh, But he's acted in Ten to Midnight with Charles Bronson, Creatures from the Abyss, and Zombie 3. He's also directed Death Warrant with Jean-Claude Van Damme, Terminal Velocity, Alien Predators, Interzone, To Die For, and even directed two episodes of the 2019 Swamp Thing series. He also uh, produced Swamp Thing series as well. So he's still uh, very much active as a director. Uh, I don't know if he'll come back to acting or not. I think he is probably more focused on uh, his direct directing. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think he does a terrific job in this film. And, uh, and you know, his obviously successful if he's working on uh, big things like Swamp Thing. I mean, yeah, that's pretty big. But, anyways, uh, also starring Beatrice Ring, played uh, Patricia in this. She also uh, acted in Graveyard Disturbance and Darren Serafian's Interzone. Ottaviano Delacqua plays Roger, and uh, he's most uh famously known as like the wormite zombie in zombie 2 plays like that iconic cover zombie uh he's also a stunt he's also a stunt coordinator but uh his acting credits are uh uh John Wick 2 Gangs of New York The Beyond uh obviously zombie 2 uh double team with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. Uh, He's also played in Rats. Zombie 4, he plays a scientist in Zombie 4. And tons of other, like, Italian exploitation type films. Uh, Very underrated dude. I mean, he's, you know, got some impressive credentials. Uh, I'd like to see him uh, play, play some more roles. And also uh, another stunt coordinator, uh, Massimo Vani, plays Bo in this. And in the 80s, he was known as the Italian Jackie Chan. He's been in movies such as Inglorious Bastards, Gangs of New York, Shocking Dark, Wax Mask, Robo War, The Last Hunter, The Last Shark, and many more. This movie's also uh, starring. Yuli Reinthaler, she plays Nancy, and she was also in Lucio Fulci's Enigma, which was the very first Rude Horror podcast episode that I ever did. Uh, going back to that, it might be kind of cringy now, <laughs> uh, but you know, I I learn as I move along, and who knows? I I mean, it's your call. I don't know if I've gotten better at podcasting now versus when i first started uh i don't know that's 
that's the listeners calling that. Um, and then I guess the last uh, cast member that I'll talk about is Marina Loy. She plays Carol, and she was also uh, in Demons Two, and Every Bloody's End, which is a newer one. I haven't seen that one, so I don't know if it's any good or not. But, but yeah, pretty cool. It's uh, loaded with uh, cult Italian cast and crew. Uh, my thoughts on this film before I start doing play-by-play. I do like this movie. It's a lot of fun. It's cheesy. It's kind of like uh, an Italian film in the you know made in the Philippines. That's. Uh, almost in the veins of Return of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead which some people say this is kind of like you know there's some mix of Dawn of the Dead in this um, I kind of think there's more of Day of the Dead in this just because of the conflict between the military and the scientists like that just kind of seems more of Day of the Dead to me um, which is not a bad thing I mean those two movies are great so if you're going to rip off any movie, um, those aren't bad ones to rip off. Uh, it does have some originality charm to it. Um, you know, it, there there is some stuff in this that uh, is quite enjoyable. And uh, I definitely recommend this if you are a Italian horror cinema fan or a Fulci fan. Um, zombie fan and uh, you know it, it definitely is an interesting film in horror history without further ado if you have not seen this film uh, there's going to be some spoilers because I'm going to be talking about the film pretty much uh, from beginning to end so uh, definitely check it out if, if you don't own this already uh, you can rent it for really cheap I think maybe a couple bucks on like YouTube or uh, Vudu any of those uh, rental streaming sites it's it's fairly affordable or uh, Severin put out the blu-ray uh, I think it's like around 20 bucks online so uh, pick up the blu-ray I I don't know if I want to upgrade so soon I mean I think I will eventually but I'm fine with the I think it's like Shriek Show uh, put out a uh, zombie movie pack and it came with like zombie 3, 4, and 5 I'm honestly content with those because I think a lot of the extras on that are rolled over onto the Severn release so there's not really much different on the Severn release besides uh, just an upgrade in the quality but um, you know I'm content with, with the Shriek Show DVD for right now but um but yeah, I mean, eventually I probably will upgrade to the Blu-ray and just to see, you know, the the quality, uh, how much of a difference there is, and you know, it also comes with a, a the kick-ass soundtrack for Zombie Three. Um, if you get like the uh, the limited quantity special edition or whatever it is that comes with the with the CD, um, that would probably be the one to get. So. uh yeah pick pick your poison if you want to rent it or buy it 
uh, the options are right there. But uh, without further ado, Zombie 3. So this movie starts out with a, some scientists inject some some kind of serum into a presumed dead body, and it comes back to life. Twitching, coughing up blood, then headbutts the glass enclosure, breaking it. Uh, he acts as if he's chewing on something, but his mouth doesn't quite uh, move, but his face does. I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain, but... It's really goofy looking, but I don't kind of disturbing at the same time. I don't know. It it it's kind of a great scene. I I don't know. Uh, you'd you'd have to watch the movie to understand what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, so they inject something in him. He comes back to life, and clearly looks like someone has a latex mask on. Like it's just it's kind of cheesy goofy looking but it it works somehow the scientists call the military and say that he's done working on death one and the military still wants the virus anyways it's sort of like a top secret top priority kind of thing and the military still wants it the main title theme kicks on and the military escort the scientists with the virus to the helicopter. The next scene, a group of bad guys come and gun down the military escorts, killing most of the baddies. But uh, one manages to steal the top secret box containing death one and escapes. The scientists tell the rest of the military to go after him. The helicopter passengers shoot the box on accident, but the virus gets on his hand, infecting him. It immediately affects him and hides out at a nearby hotel. And then uh, the general shows up to see what the hell is going on and uh, brief the scientists on their findings. Then, uh, then we go back to the hotel and the affected man asks for a lot of water and the room service dude makes a remark saying, uh, what is he trying to get in the Guinness Book of World Records? Then, then he heads to the room and he leaves the water on the table and, uh, kind of asks the, the guy, uh, who wants the water, the, you know, the infected guy, uh, asks him, uh, if he's all right and, the guy's in the restroom and he says, uh, just set the water on the table. So uh, he does so and he heads back out into the hall but trips and breaks the empty glass that he had switched out from the guy's room that uh, had already drank in the water. So, you know, just I guess from him touching the glass, putting his lips and drinking it, uh, it passes through that way because uh, the room service guy cuts his hand on the glass and uh, and yeah we'll find out soon what happens to him but the infected man is in the bathroom 
where he is really starting to show signs that he's fucked. And, you know, we get to see uh, some really cool uh, practical effects. And uh, I guess it gets so bad that he chops off his own fucking hand. And uh, then we come back to uh, the towel lady heads into his room. I guess, you know, like a housekeeping lady uh, that ran into the room service guy in the hall. He heads or she heads into the room and he is moaning in the restroom, just kind of like, you know, in pain. So she heads in the bathroom to see if he's all right. And this is where he bashes her head into the mirror and instant blood splatter onto the mirror. Um, and that's that's the end of her. Then the next scene, uh, the military show up at the hotel to find the infected man. The look that the hazmat suit guys, um, I guess like the decontamination squad, uh, they sort of give me like the crazy vibes just because of... Uh, you know the the suits that uh that they have on just really look similar or even like i want to say like hell of the living dead or rats um you know hence claudio fergasso bruno Mattei, those are their you know their films so uh just just kind of reminds me of that but they rush up to the the room where he's staying at and his body is rotting and it looks pretty gross from the infection. But uh, the room service guy is, is uh, downstairs and he's starting to show signs of turning. When we see his hand uh, starting to mutate. The army uh, then calls the general to tell the news that they have found the guy that they're after. And uh, then we, we see a little cameo here uh, where uh, it, it's so fast... To notice if you just you know just watching without knowing uh that we actually get to see claudio fragasso and bruno Mattei playing army guys and they burn the body into the incinerator um as the general looks on so you know if if you watch it again kind of like slow-mo or just you know pay attention to that scene because that's actually um, the director and uh, writer um, playing little parts in this movie. Um, I should say co-director because you know Lucio Fulci did direct some of this. So, uh, but you know what I mean. The scientists tell the general that they should not have burned the bodies because the virus can spread in the air. But the general blows them off saying that it's science fiction. And, uh, you know, that's not really something that, uh, <laughs> you know, in a real life situation would probably occur. But uh, this is a movie. Um, and so we kind of get like a Return of the Living Dead scenario set up on how the virus spreads by the smoke in the air. You know, the camera pans to the air where we see the incinerated smoke uh, go into the air. And then we see like a bunch of birds flying through it. And so uh, it's, you know, kind of hinted from there that the birds flying breathe in the smoke or 
just the smoke being on them uh, causes them to pass on to the virus to uh, the people, as we will see soon. Um, and this is where we see uh, a DJ in a tower is uh, playing songs on the radio for our main cast. And I just want to mention the DJ here. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, The Fog, where we see like Adrian Barbeau uh, doing the, uh, you know, sort of like the the DJ on the radio kind of setting the tone for the movie, I guess. Uh, even You know, we see this in like The Warriors as well. So we kind of get one of those kind of, of moments of, of uh, having a DJ kind of, I don't know, what would you call it? Like uh, splitting the scenes up. But, uh, but yeah, so he kicks on the music and we uh, go to our main cast where we got a little group of uh, army dudes, military dudes are in a Jeep and they're driving and one of the guys mentions that the song the radio is great and one of the other guys says that it's making them horny uh they start talking about uh about the girls that uh drive by there's a bus full of girls and uh one of them says what was her name or uh my bad uh they just start talking about girls and uh, one of the guys says uh what was her name? Cindy, Linda? I don't know. But I sure as hell remember her tits. Um, <laughs> then all of a sudden, uh, the guys run into some babes on a bus, like I was saying. And then they start flirting with them, if you want to call it that. And basically chase them down. But um, then, then we get cut to another scene where we also meet our main girl, Patricia, uh, played by... Beatrice Ring, I think that's how you pronounce her name, in uh, a different scene, driving, listening to the same radio station, and her boyfriend starts making uh, some kind of like argument about the DJ and nature in general, because uh, uh, I don't know. It's just, I guess, just something to keep the scene going. Um, and then all of a sudden, they're stopped in their tracks because of there's a bunch of dead birds all over the road. So they get out to check it out, and the boyfriend says, Wait a minute, this one looks alive. And then all of a sudden, it just lunges up at him, pecking and clawing his face. And uh, then we get like a flashback to not really a flashback, but uh, the scene kind of goes back to uh, the guys chasing the girls. Uh, the, and then all of a sudden the bus is uh, swarmed by those pesky birds and make their way inside, tormenting them. And uh, the bus stops <clears throat> and the soldiers rush to their aid and tell them there's a nearby hotel where the birds can't get them. Then back with uh, Patricia and her boyfriend, they make their way to a gas station some good practical effects show signs of the infection working on the boyfriend and she says not to worry she's going to get some water for him because that's what he needs some water not uh 
a doctor to to aid uh, <laughs> the infection, but some water. Uh, so she looks around and sees, looks around, and it seems to be abandoned. But then we see our first full-on zombie attack fight. There's a machete-wielding zombie trying to kill her. And this scene looks funny now because the attack scene is not in real time. They're actually The scene is actually sped up, um, making it look like he was aggressively attacking her. Uh, when I first saw this, it actually made me say, what the fuck, because... It was sort of intense seeing a zombie move that fast, but knowing now that they actually sped up the movie intentionally, making it, I mean, it kind of makes it hilarious now. Um, but the zombie eventually swings and misses, hitting the fuel line from the gas pump, causing gas to spill everywhere. Um, and then quick on her feet, Patricia uses a lighter to light the gas on fire as they drive off. And it blows up the gas station and blows up the zombie, of course. Um, then we go back to the military and the scientists. They argue on what they should do to contain the outbreak from spreading. Uh, the scientist wants to create an antidote and the military want to quarantine off the area and exterminate everything inside the zone. So this is, uh, you know, kind of the, the scene stuff where... It makes it seem like it's sort of like Day of the Dead, where you know you see like the military and the scientists kind of going back and forth, in uh, you know just like that kind of situation, kind of reminds me of it. Um, but yeah, back uh, back to the small group of soldiers and the girls, they make their way to the hotel, and Leah has been injured by the birds. And is showing signs of the infection already. So the army boys search the hotel and stumble upon a crate of automatic weapons. Go figure, right? Then, uh, you know, just some dialogue happens there. And then uh, Carol and Bo go off on their own, taking the army jeep. And the jeep breaks down. And Carol goes off to get some water for the radiator. Um... Carol looks around the building for help, and a zombie pushes her out of the window, uh, making her fall into the river. Uh, Bo sees that she's in distress, so he dives in the water to save Carol, and he brings her back to the land, but when he lifts her up out of the water, her legs look like they've actually been chewed off, chewed off, and she instantly becomes a zombie, so that was... Uh, pretty fast work there but you know it's it makes for a good intense scene so he kicks her off into the water and uh there's some pretty cool like smoke and bubbles uh engulfing the water where she's at um so she's gone uh he attempts to get away but runs into some more zombies um the hazmat military move in and start eliminating zombies and everyone in sight. Uh, then Bo eventually runs into Patricia and she tells him to jump in and since the car is like a two-seater, he's basically hanging on for tear life on the back of the car. It's kind of silly, 
uh, seeing them drive off, and he's just kind of like, whoa, dangling there. Um, but whatever. Uh, back at the hotel, Leah is in super bad shape. Uh, one lady names off all the signs of no life, and and as she's saying saying that, uh, or I guess, uh, and as she says, she's been clinically dead for two hours. You can clearly see that her eyes were twitching. I I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, they couldn't get her to to not move her eyes for just a couple seconds, uh, or maybe reshoot that scene. <laughs> but whatever. Um, the next uh, the next scene, um, a couple go into the kitchen because they're hungry, and I I, I think they're that's the reason. And uh, and this is where we see the infamous flying head zombie that comes out of the fridge, and it bites the dude's neck, and then a, another zombie comes and rips at the girl's throat. We get some okay gore here. Uh, you know, it's, I guess a pretty cool kill scene here. Uh, then back to Patricia and her boyfriend, Ambo, driving. She tells them that they're going to the hospital, but uh, Bo says to stop by the hotel first, and, you know, they agree to that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the boyfriend is now a zombie trying to kill them while they're driving. Uh, Patricia hurts her leg f as she flees the car. Uh, Bo is now fighting a bunch of zombies on a bridge with hand-to-hand -hand combat, uh, but he gets overpowered and is eaten alive. Sorry, Bo. Uh, Patricia is blocked in by the zombies from both sides of the bridge, so she's forced to jump off the bridge into the river to escape, which I, if I, if I read right, I think, uh, that was actually her that jumped off into the water. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I think she did do her own stunt there. Um, but back at the hotel, Kenny, who's played by uh, Darren Serafian, and uh, another army dude named Roger, are keeping a watch out, and to, you know to make sure that the the others are okay. Um, inside, Leah has turned into a zombie, saying "Nancy, Nancy," and then uh, wakes up and lunges at Nancy, but. Nancy gets out of the way, and Zombie Leah flies out the window, falling to her death. Uh, then uh, Patricia finally meets up with uh, the rest of the group, and they head inside the hotel. But as Patricia shows up to the group, uh, Kenny and Roger aren't really sure at first. They kind of hold their guard up because... You know, she'd hurt her legs, so she kind of walked like a zombie and with these headlights uh, hiding her identity, basically. Kind of made her look like a zombie. So I thought that was kind of a cool scene where, uh, you know, they could have killed her. Uh, but, you know, they don't until she gets closer and then realizes that she's actually alive and she needs some help. So... I thought that was a pretty clever scene. Uh, but next uh, we see 
the survivors are starting to barricade the windows with the boards. And, you know, it's kind of like a Night of Living Dead, Return of Living Dead kind of moment. Uh, so they board it up, and uh, but it doesn't work. They break in with ease. And the survivors are prepped with a flamethrower to fend them off. Uh, one survivor does die while uh, trying to fend uh, the zombies off. Um, but the rest are able to gun them down and jump from the second story floor down to the ground. The remaining survivors make their way towards the river at what looks to be a boat dock of some sort. And Roger runs into some zombies and has to fight them off. A zombie pops up and pins his leg in between him and the floorboard to the dock. And uh, Roger picks up a piece of board and just whacks his head until he's able to break free. He then tells the others that there's some boats or canoes and uh, to head upstream. Um, the, <coughs> the decontamination squad make their way further into the danger zone, wiping out zombies as the DJ is making broadcasts, telling all the other survivors to make it to the decontamination zones for help. And if they run into the people in the white hazmat suits, they're there to help. But really, they're there uh, to... to uh, but really, they are ordered to kill everyone and everything in sight. Our main survivor group makes its way to land, and Patricia, Patricia is showing uh, pain from her leg that was injured. German dude with glasses, I, I can't remember his name, but he sees a chicken and uh, starts chasing it. And then he stumbles, and uh, when he looks up, and looks up, and the decontamination squad is there, they shoot and kill him. Then uh, start shooting at the rest of the group. Roger and Kenny are there and shoot back and uh, kill a few in the process and tell the others to retreat back towards the water. A helicopter shows up and lands in the village, which sets up for something later. We get some more of the army and scientists arguing again. Um, then back at the village, our survivors make their way into the village and check out the buildings uh, this is where nancy and patricia find a pregnant woman on a table and patricia then goes to find roger and kenny and then a zombie pulls her in a room then uh, the scene cuts and we go back to the decontamination squad runs into kenny and roger and they perform hand-to-hand -hand combat instead of just shooting them with ease, uh, they just decided to do hand-to-hand -hand combat, uh, and then back the to the pregnant woman. Uh, she's starting to give birth, and a zombie bursts in and uh, rips at her face, and then a zombie hand, I guess it was the baby, but it's like a full-grown zombie hand, uh, pulls Nancy's face. This is Nancy, by the way. I to mention uh pulls nancy's face into the pregnant woman's stomach and so that is the end of her uh we learned that the zombie that pulled patricia into the room is her now zombie boyfriend and that he talks and he 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 talks to her and says 
Hello, Patricia. We will be together again soon. And then she kills him with a hoe shovel type thing. Uh, so that's kind of another uh, Return of the Living Dead trope there. But, you know, I'll take an Italian zombie film made in the Philippines any day for sure. Uh, Kenny and Roger take out the decontamination squad and steal their weapons and then they find Patricia and they escort her out of there and <clears throat> take out some zombies on their way to the helicopter uh, they get cornered off so Roger lights some ammunition boxes on fire and Kenny gets a grenade and blows up the building taking out zombies they finally see the helicopter and they get in. Roger, being heroic, fights the zombies while Kenny gets the helicopter in the air. Almost scot-free, Roger jumps up and hangs on to the helicopter's landing bar. Um, and it's dangling there. But of course, some zombies come out of the hay below and drag Roger down, presumably eating him alive. Uh, as Kenny and Patricia fly away. Then we see uh, the decontamination squad move closer towards the zombies. And somehow Roger is still alive. And he fights off the zombies. And is running towards the decontamination squad. Thinking that he's going to be safe. But the squad shoots Roger. Killing him. So we kind of see... Um, I don't know, almost like a crazies moment with like uh, Lynn Lowry in the field and the squad shoots her. Uh, spoiler alert if you've never seen the crazies. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you get that kind of moment. I, I, I feel like uh, at least that's what it reminded me of. And so, you know, it's kind of a sad moment because. He was just so dang close of, of making it out and almost a heartbreaker just seeing him die like that. But is what it is. Uh, so then the the shot then pans back to uh, the DJ and he's making a broadcast and he's slowly turning his body towards the camera and it uh, appears that he is now one of the undead, and there's some pretty good uh, effects on him. I thought he was pretty gross looking. Uh, they did a really good job with his makeup. And as he's turning, he's saying this. This is the new world, and the new cycle has begun. For everyone, this is the year zero. So there's lots of work to be done. I'll dedicate this next number to all the undead around the world and listen to it good and then uh <clears throat> and then the movie ends with uh pat and kenny talking and kenny says that they're going to have to fight it before humanity is done for and then that's the end that's zombie three great movie Great Italian flick. I always dig uh, some jungle type movies, jungle horror, and uh, this is this is uh, this is fun. There's uh, I want to say Zombie Four. I think is uh, has some more scenes of the jungle, 
type of stuff in it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I always dig some some good old uh, jungle horror, and uh, you know some some of these uh, Philippine movies are are pretty awesome. There's a documentary. I think it's uh, something like Machete Maidens. I think, or yeah, something like that uh, about movies in the Philippines. I want to check it out. I actually haven't watched it. But uh, uh, I do dig some of these Philippine uh, exploitation films. And uh, I wonder if this movie has been talked about or, or zombie before. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, I haven't watched it, so I can't recommend it. But uh, that one does pique my interest. And if, if you guys are into, like, uh, the Philippine type scenario uh exploitation films uh check it out let me know if it's any good but yeah uh closing thoughts on zombie 3 uh i I watched this uh i've watched this several years back and i really enjoyed it uh watched it recently for the podcast uh it, it still holds up it's just it's a fun flick don't go into it serious uh you know thinking that you're gonna get like uh you know an exorcist type movie uh this is definitely just like a cheesy fun horror film and uh i dig it a lot i i hope you guys enjoyed it if you don't let me know (laughs) uh and you know again thanks to uh stefano mayanetti for uh uh, coming on my podcast uh, a little while ago and, you know, just being able to talk about this film and some of the other films that he's worked on and uh, and just, you know, pr- let me pr- uh, let me play uh, some of his scores uh, to this episode in, in the previous episode. Uh, such a cool guy, man. Uh, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I guess uh, <clears throat> check out his website, uh, Stefano it forward slash en for uh, for English, and uh, and check out his website and 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 check out uh, his music. Buy his music if you dig his scores. Uh, one of the one of the great Italian composers for sure. So, uh, so check him out. And, uh, also just want to say another thanks to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network for, uh, continuing to, uh, I guess, you know, continue from here on out for, uh, letting the Root Horror Podcast be on the network and, uh, for the new listeners, uh, that have just now started listening to the Root Horror Podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening and, you know, just thank everybody in in general for listening. Uh, I've, you know, got a lot of great support behind me and, uh, you know, encouraged me with, with what I'm doing and, uh, I'm grateful for, uh, you know, everyone that, that listens and tunes in every time I, uh, put out an episode. So thank you all. Uh, so, uh, but moving on, uh, 
I do want to uh, throw out uh, a couple movie recommendations that I have for uh, for if you haven't seen these movies to uh, definitely check out. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to try to make it a list of like five movies. So uh, here's my top five movie recommendations uh, that I wanted to keep it uh, Italian horror or uh, it's Italian uh, made movies that uh, I think you guys should check out like I'd mentioned earlier uh, The Last Hunter it's not really a horror movie but it's an Italian Vietnam exploitation film it's definitely got a lot of gore in there up there with like you know some of these Fulci films that you see with a lot of gore um, you know like I said earlier it kind of felt like a Fulci Vietnam movie uh it's really good so if if you ever get around to finding it uh it's called The Last Hunter uh Kino Lorber had it on their website uh definitely pick it up it's you know even if you've never even seen a trailer or anything just go into a blind pick it up uh it's got a uh, Tisa Farrow in it uh Mia Farrow's sister uh you get to see her show some skin in this so uh you know tisa from uh zombie 2 if you know her from that and you know you want to see her some more uh yeah you're gonna get more of her in this uh it's definitely a great film and uh really underrated i think it's it's one that i didn't watch till recently uh and it was a blind buy for me um, during one of the Kino Lorber sales, but man, it's 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 good. I I recommend it. My next recommendation would be uh, Beyond the Darkness, directed by Joe D'Amato, and uh, I picked this because uh, uh, my wife really wasn't like big on Italian movies with like, you know, the English dub stuff, but we did watch Beyond the Darkness and for some reason this is the one that made her uh really want to uh get into these uh Italian horror films. I don't I don't know what it what it is about it, but I mean it's it's a good movie. I do recommend people check it out. Uh I wanna say it's uh free on Tubi. I could be mistaken. They could have taken it down already. But I think we watched this on Tubi. Uh, I was impressed with it. it you know. Um, seeing some other Joe DiMano movies. Like Killing Birds. I wasn't really big on that one. But. Uh, you know. I could watch Beyond the Darkness all day. You know. Give me some more Beyond the Darkness. Uh, and. You got me in front of the TV watching it. So. Um, moving on, uh, this one isn't really a horror film, but it is directed by Lucio Fulci. Uh, the next, uh, Italian film that I recommend watching is called Conquest. And this one is more or less sort of like a, uh, Conan the Barbarian meets, uh, like Flash Gordon kind of stuff, but with the Fulci gore and, uh, you know, some of the the gore scenes alone just you know 
make you open your mouth and be like, oh my god, like, <laughs> did that just happen? Kind of shit. So, uh, it, it's fun. I, I had a lot of fun watching it. And, uh, I believe that one is on Tubi as well. So, uh, definitely check it out. My next recommendation would be House on the Edge of the Park, directed by Ruggiero Diodato, uh, who's famously known for the controversially cannibal holocaust. And he's made uh, kind of like a house on the left, kind of, uh, but Italian take on it. And uh, it's, it's really well made, and it's really well done. You'll see some familiar faces. Uh, I think I I mentioned uh, Last House on the Left because uh, one of the actors uh, is actually in House on the Edge of the Park doing a similar kind of role. So uh, that's that's the only reason why I would uh, say the likeness of, of that is there. Um, the The last movie that I picked is uh, All the Colors of the Dark directed by Sergio Martino uh, this one is like a giallo but uh, I wanted to put this on the list because uh, this is a good film if you're not familiar with uh, Edwige Fenece who is a drop dead gorgeous Italian actress who uh uh, if you know if you're if you're not familiar with her, you might have uh, quickly seen her in uh, Hostel Part Two and not even know it. Uh, I know Eli Roth is a big fan of her and and got her in Hostel Two, which is pretty cool. But uh, you know, I picked that movie, All the Colors of the Dark, because uh, you know she's fantastic in it. It's a, a great Jalo film. And, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like a, you know, a good gateway drug, if you will, uh, into the Edwige Fenece films. And it'll make you want to go back and see her more. Uh, it's just something about seeing her on the screen. Just, uh, you know, she's mesmerizing to look at on the screen. And uh, it's, it's a very uh, psychedelic, obscure kind of jalo film. It's, it's uh, really a fun film to watch. So I definitely recommend uh, people checking that one out as well. So as, as we kind of swindle down at the end here, uh, I just want to say uh, you can follow me on social media at Root Horror Podcast, uh, Instagram and Facebook at Root Horror Podcast. I'm also on Twitter at Root Horror Pod. Uh, or you can find all the links to everything that I'm affiliated with. You can go to linktree.com forward slash root horror podcast. As I close this ending segment, uh, I will play the song Nature by Stefano Mayanetti from uh, the Zombie 3 soundtrack. And then this will lead into the very ending segment where uh, the Rude Horror Radio will present Mutilated by Zombies. And I will briefly talk about Mutilated by Zombies and play a track by them to end the show.
followed by a message from the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. So, uh, hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode. Uh, I'm always looking for new recommendations. Uh, always looking for guests on the podcast. So, uh, just hit me up on social media or email me at roothorror at gmail.com. And, uh, and yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm always into uh, watching some obscure Italian horror films and exploitation films. Uh, I don't know. I've just been on a, a big Italian kick lately and uh, thought this one would be a uh, fun one to cover. So uh, hope you all enjoyed. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next one.
as I close episode 63, the Rude Horror Radio presents the band Mutilated by Zombies. This is their song, Rise to Enslave, off of their Scripts of Anguish album. Enjoy, guys. Um, I just I do want to say uh, Mutilated by Zombies is a death metal band from Dubuque, Iowa. Check out their band camp at mutilatedbyzombies.bandcamp.com. Go give them a follow. Buy their records. They're a kick-ass death metal band. Uh, hope you guys dig the song and uh, enjoy.
listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.